Standing beautiful, oh, be true, oh, yeah, yeah, be true, true to yourself, be true, yeah, yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how saying yes changes everything. It forces you surrender it all it's funny how saying yes changes everything just wait and see what's waiting for you when gray turns green see flowers grow from only there to standing beautiful when gray turns green see flowers grow from only there to standing beautiful oh, oh, oh be true yeah oh, oh, oh be true yeah true to yourself to yourself oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. True to yourself, be true to yourself. It's funny how saying yes can change everything, it forces you. To surrender it all, hey. It's funny how 
saying yes changes everything just wait and see what's waiting for you just wait and see what's waiting for you We fuss and fight, misunderstand, never taking time to heal. We push and shove our words around, choosing to ignore what's right. But if we don't stand back and listen, then how can we make the choice to choose love, love? We got to choose love, yeah. Got to choose love, love. Got to choose love, oh. oh, oh. Fuss and fight, misunderstand, never taking time to hear. We push and shove our words around, choosing to ignore what's right. Hey. But if we don't stand back and listen, then how can we make the choice hey, to choose love, love? We got to choose love, oh, yeah. Got to choose love, oh, love. Got to choose love. Oh, 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 we got to choose love, love, got to choose love, oh, 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 oh yeah, love, oh, love, we got to choose love. 
love, yeah. In spite, choose love. In spite of, regardless of, choose love, yeah, yeah. Oh, na, 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 na. Oh, na, na, na. Choose love, love, yeah. Oh, na, 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 na. Oh, na, na, na. Regardless of, in spite of, choose love, yeah, hey, yeah. In spite of, regardless of, choose love, yeah, hey. Choose, choose. It's funny how saying yes changes everything. It forces you surrender it all. Hey. It's funny how saying yes changes everything. Just wait and see what's waiting for you. When gray turns green, see flowers grow from only there to standing beautiful. When gray turns green, see flowers grow from only there to standing beautiful. Oh, 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 be true, yeah. yourself be true yeah oh, oh, oh be true yeah true to yourself hey hey oh be true yeah yeah Funny how saying yes 
changes everything It forces you surrender it all Hey, it's funny how saying yes changes everything Just wait and see what's waiting for you When gray turns green, see flowers grow From only there to standing beautiful When gray turns green, see flowers grow From only there to standing beautiful Oh, yeah, be true Oh, hey, hey Be true, oh to yourself be true oh. oh hey be true yeah true to yourself be true be true oh yeah be true be true, oh, yeah. Be true. in spite of choose love in spite of choose love yeah I know it hurts and I know it's hard but choose love yeah
sitting here in this place right now in Concord, we're debating a budget that's based on a different set of principles and objectives and songs and messages we put up. And I wondered this morning, if we could choose love as our basis and then make decisions based on that, how that might impact decisions we make. It's particularly poignant, I think, gathering here on World AIDS Day, because as you know, it is truly a global um, a day of both celebration, commemoration, remembrance, and aspirations for the future. Uh, I was really struck by that in 1999. My wife and I just happened to be in Cape Town, South Africa, uh, for a, an event called the World Parliament on Religion, where 10,000 people from all over the world, from all different faiths, walked a lot of spiritual traditions were there. And we walked uh, in the streets of Cape Town on World AIDS Day, and the, and the international quilt just really struck by how international this day is and how different countries approach in those days and even today the issue of HIV <coughs> all over Cape Town where uh, you know, banners of safe sex, use condoms, teaching in the schools, while here in the United States we're having some more horrific battle about what would be the right thing to do. And I think you know, here we are, what, almost 20 years later, uh, we're sitting in a city, we'll hear about this in a second, Decisions that are being debated and made have real impact on people's lives and the ability to be able to help serve one another. So again, I think if we started with choose love and then ran the budget through that, I wonder if I would do that. <laughs> well, I want to welcome you to the Rosshead Chapel and what a, what a privilege it is to be here this morning. <coughs> um, I also want to just we have we have the, the bios, but I, I want to <coughs> lift up Anita Ray from from Legacy Community Health. background notes and uh, as we move into the day, we, we started, uh, we decided or maybe started or restarted, I don't know how many of you were in that years ago, things tend to happen, you always say it's the first time, but it's not really because it happened sometime before, but we really thought that having meditations <coughs> or community gatherings on some of the international days, like Day of Peace, World AIDS Day, Women's, International Women's Day, was really critical for us to use them both for our own issues and community issues here, but again, making that connection global global community. And last year, we had it in the evening. I don't know if some of you all came last year. In talking to our friends at the Montrose Center and Legacy Community Health, we thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to see if we could start it in the morning? Because there's lunches, there's Legacy has a vigil this evening, there's all kinds of other things going on. But would that be something, because we wanted to complement what was already happening, and the chance to get the thumbs up. But your part of building, I think, is going to be a, a tradition. that as background, I want to thank you all for uh, being here, and um, I'm going to turn it over to Anita. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I thank you all for, for that. Um, 
yeah, choose love and say yes. That's kind of what I remember. Uh, my name is Vanita Ray, and you have to excuse me, I prepared remarks, but I, I didn't expect to walk into this kind of setting. I feel like a sacred space. This is not what I expected. I'm pleasantly surprised, though, um, because uh, this is bittersweet. Um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that we have this day and that you all are here, but I'm not happy that we still have to do this. So um, some of you have been doing it longer than me, so I thank you, but bear with me. I'm going to try to get through a few things here. Um, but I thank you for inviting me today. Uh, I always ex uh, accept World AIDS Day kind of uh, events with a little bit of trepidation. You know, uh, last night, as I began to think about this, I start off with a lot of emotion, and this morning I'm up and down, right? Um, so I appreciate this because, um, anyway, I wouldn't have come into the space if you hadn't invited me here. So, so you all know World AIDS Day was first observed in 1988 to increase awareness, fight stigma, and improve HIV education. On this day, every year, the global community, I'm glad you said that because I've been over to South Africa and I've watched and I've been to Tanzania and I've seen some of the real up close and personal uh, impacts of HIV. And so I'm glad that as a global community, we can come together, but we come together to honor those we've lost, um, communicate you know, why we have to still do this, um, show, show deference and, and uh, respect to those who are still at risk for this and those who are living with HIV like myself. Uh, we celebrate the friends, caregivers, our, our allies who have been in this fight with us and who continue to do that. You all know that since the beginning of this, we've lost 35, over 35 million folks, right, globally. We still have about that many that are still living with HIV. And then if we look at all the folks that are impacted, it's way more than that, right? So how do you calculate a, a number like that? So for me, World AIDS Day has both a personal and professional meaning. Um, I'm here on behalf of Legacy, but I'm also a woman living with HIV. So in 2003, while serving as Assistant Attorney General for the District of Columbia, I was diagnosed with HIV, and it changed my life. In the midst of a severe depression that I called darkness at the time, I relocated to Houston to be near family. Um, I was consumed with shame, guilt, and didn't want to live with the stigma of being HIV positive. Even though I knew there was medication, it still as you know, there's still a deep level of stigma associated being living, living with HIV. And I've come a long way both emotionally, mentally, and spiritually since that time where I can stand here today as an openly positive woman committed to changing some of that. Uh, you know, I'm grateful for all the heroes and sheroes that came before me and the shoulders I stand on to do the work. And as you know, we have made a lot of progress in the last 35 years, and we have life-saving drugs that allow people like me with access to health care you know, the chance to be living and thriving uh, with HIV. But you all know we're not done. We still average about 40 to 50,000 new cases of HIV every year. And the South has the distinct honor of being the center of the epidemic now. You know, the South represents about 38% of the population, but we represent at least half of new cases of people living with HIV. That is really unacceptable. Um, and people, let's be clear, people are still dying from AIDS-related complications. You know, I like to call out, and I was sharing with our 
singer here this morning, she remembered a cousin that she lost. Um, uh, I've lost two people this year that I know of. You know, and I call out Greg, one of the gentlemen who lived here in Houston. He was a retired school teacher, and I became aware of him, and we met last year, and he participated in a program we have at Legacy. And I can't say his, his last name because he still lived in fear and shame of others finding out he was positive. He was retired. He'd served children all his life, and he passed away during Harvey by himself. And I still can't say his last name because... He still was not okay with being openly positive. Um, you know, I remember not long after I was diagnosed with HIV in 2003 and I was getting ready to go to the doctor for my first visit and a, and a, a, a show of uh, girlfriends came on. And, you know, it was, happened to be on people living with HIV. And these were some dynamic black women in this show talking about they're not going to give up and they're going to fight. They took their meds every day. And I was like just kind of sprung watching this, and at the end it showed their deaths, you know, the dates of their deaths. And I was just traumatized. I was just, and just so happened a woman who was my spiritual mom was there, and she put me to bed, and we, I went to the doctor the next day, and I asked him, I told him about the show, and I asked him, could he tell me that I would not die of HIV? And he said, Vanita, we can't. We don't know who will and who won't. All we can do is, if you take your medicine, it's the best shot that we have. And it took me some time to accept that, you know, but today I do. So while we are here to honor those we have lost, I think we really honor them by renewing our resolve to end this epidemic. For years, I would not participate in World AIDS Day events because it just felt too sad and it felt hopeless. And it's only been in the last three years that I've been able to do this. And the reason why is because I've begun to do work in the field. I've begun to get in the trenches. I've begun to work with people living with HIV. I've begun to try to do something to change things. You know, so the fact that I feel like I can do something to end this or give voice to others, it's made a difference for me. And this would be, I guess, since 2014, that I've been able to participate in this. So this isn't a career I chose, as I told you when I was diagnosed, but I feel blessed every day to do this work. And as public policy manager for HIV, for um, Legacy, I also have the honor of managing a, a leadership and advocacy program for people living with HIV called the Positive Organizing Project. Greg was a part of that project. We've just graduated our fourth class of, of, of people we hope will be leaders and other voices in the, HIV, in the HIV movement as well, of people living with HIV. What I'm really proud to say here uh, today is that in 2016, I led an effort in the city of Houston to, lead, to develop a plan to end the epidemic in Houston called the Roadmap to End the HIV Epidemic in Houston. You know, it, it's... If you don't know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, is that um, HIV is still an epidemic in the U.S. and in Houston. You know, I talked to a lot of people. We're at city council this week talking to uh, uh, public officials, and people don't know that it's still an epidemic, that people are still dying, and because we don't see the images on TV. Houston-Harris County has the highest number of people living with HIV in the state over 22,000 of people, and, and, and we know those numbers are unreported, but that's the highest um, HIV in the state. The U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention has ranked Houston 10th in the, in Houston area 10th in the country for new cases of HIV. So why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we doing more? Why aren't we acting more? 
why, you know, and I'm probably preaching to the choir here because, you know, although I'm grateful for World AIDS Day, we have 364 days of the year that we need this same level of attention to. You know, there's no coincidence that the people that, that are primarily living with HIV or new cases look like me. They're primarily black and brown people. HIV is an equal opportunity disease, but the issues that are the root causes of HIV tend to make it look like me, and that's poverty, racism, discrimination, transphobia, homophobia, mass incarceration, the criminal justice system. And so in developing this plan, we worked legacy-led and we worked with the Houston Health Department, faith-based, academia, whoever would come out, and we, we began to work to build on the work being done by others. Um, and what I hope that we can do, and we're now in the second year of that, and I'd love for you all to join the movement, is renew a sense of urgency around this issue. If, you know, it was interesting when we first started that people weren't even familiar with saying the words in the epidemic, right? Who has talked about ending it? We just, we kind of acknowledge it, we mourn, and we go on. But now we really have the tools to start talking about ending the epidemic. Let's raise our vision to just test and treat and, and come and mourn, right? So we are now, people weren't even ready to talk about that. And so I had never talked about that before 2016, that we can end this. And I am firmly committed to, we need to keep our vision high, and we need, we need to end this epidemic. Um, we know that the fact, those factors that I just named are, are the things that fuel the epidemic. People want to blame it on behavior and just sex and, and sharing needles, but there's more to this epidemic. It's not people's fault. It's not pointing a finger that says, you're bad, you're good. There's still such a stigma attract, uh, attached to uh, people living with HIV. You know, we have a lot of science, and so I want to talk about it if you don't know. We, and I was talking with the gentleman this morning. We have a pill that will prevent someone from getting HIV. It is not the 100% solution, but it is, it is we've, moved the, we've moved the needle, right? We have treatment that allows me to be here today, and why others can't still just defy me. We have lack of access to health care, so we don't have people who can get access to the treatment I have. And I'm really excited today, if you don't know it, and you might look at my t-shirt and say, you equals you, um, that the CDC just recently made national headlines by concluding for the first time in response to scientific evidence from 2008 and 2011 that people who take their HIV meds or their ARTs daily as prescribed and achieve and maintain an undetectable viral load have effectively no risk of sexually transmitting the virus to their partners. How many of you knew that? Okay, so now the rest of you can raise your hand because you know that now. If you don't believe me, look it up. That is huge, Rod. It, 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 now that we've been having conversations about ending the epidemic, it gives people like me, people living with HIV, a role in ending the epidemic, right? It, it, it's, it, it uh, promotes a non-stigmatizing message that we are not a walking infection, right? It is really, and, and you have to wonder if this science is from 2008, 2011, why did the CDC just say it? Well, you know why? It was because other people living with HIV, and his name is Bruce Rickman, started a campaign to bring attention to this issue. And then he drove this, and, and, and now it's a global movement, and where we have health departments and the World Health Organization, the UN, UNAs, and everybody joining on, and finally being willing to voice this life-changing and transforming message. So 
this is revolutionary, y'all. It really is. So we have the science, but science alone won't end it. The things I named to you are those social drivers, those cultural factors that we need to work on. So I invite each and every one of you to join our movement. You can help us end the epidemic here in Houston. You know, I always say that everybody has a role in ending the epidemic. And, and I do mean everybody, whether it's in the way that you talk to your neighbors, the way that when someone says that they're positive, your body language, the way that you shit tell other people when they're making those comments that that is not okay. You know, I remember being in a leadership program um, and someone says, why do you think black women, which under black and gay bisexual men, black heterosexual women represent the next leading group? Black women represent 60% of the women living with HIV. That is a travesty. I remember they asked the question, why do you think black women are the ones getting HIV the most? And another black woman in the room said, because they're promiscuous. And this is before I had the courage, or I was able to stand up and say that I was HIV positive. As I was diagnosed in 2003, I didn't go totally public to 2011. I felt like someone had slapped me in the face. So when you're in the room and people say that, you have the ability to say that is not true. When you're talking to your kids and when you are in, or you are in your workplace and they are talking about HIV, you have the ability to change that, right? Because stigma, and I say stigma, is one of the main things that keep people from getting tested and getting into treatment. So I, I ask you, you can join our movement of, uh, in HIV Houston at Legacy Community Health. It's a broad coalition. We bring in faith-based folks. We're bringing the city, the county. Because of that work that we did here and we developed the plan last year and we're figuring out how to move that forward and change minds, the state has chosen to do the same thing. So we have a state plan being developed as we speak around ending the epidemic. There are 13 other jurisdictions around the country that have done this and there are more coming aboard. I'm going to Birmingham, Alabama next week because they're working on a plan too. And so I invite you all to join our movement. You can you know, go to nhivhouston.org, become a part of it, join us in some of our work groups. You know, it doesn't matter if you're negative or positive, everybody has a role in ending the epidemic. So I now experience World AIDS Day every day, every day, because I cannot forget those 35 million lives and the two that I know of this year, Antron, who, he was a 33-year-old black man from Atlanta who passed away several weeks ago and my friend Greg, I can't, I can't forget them. So I ask you, all of you here today, is to not let your commitment end on December 2nd. While we mourn, let's just join together and make those 35 million lives really matter, really mean something. I always say not one more transmission is acceptable and not one more death is acceptable. It's not acceptable to me and I know it's not acceptable to you. So I thank you all for having me here. And um, we'll do this until we don't do it, but I, we can end this. Thank you. Thank you. We've been to a time of meditation. We're here this morning together on this World AIDS Day gathered with one another to unite, to support, to remember. We're here to express our humanity, our compassion, our hope, our grief, here to find our roles 
and finding ways to stop this. HIV AIDS affects all of us, all of us. Most of us know someone or several people who have died from AIDS-related illness. This day, this World AIDS Day, is an opportunity to show solidarity with the millions of people living with HIV worldwide, and it's also an opportunity to grieve for those who have died. And it's a chance to raise awareness, to provide education, to do what we can to find our part, our role to play in stopping this epidemic. We've gathered this World AIDS Day for many reasons, for healing, for hope, for remembrance, for compassion. We've gathered here in this sacred art space to be united by our concern and care, united in our humanity. In the poem, The Guest House, Rumi writes, this being human is a guest house. Every morning is a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. She may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Whatever comes to us in this time that we share together, I hope that we will welcome it. Welcome our grief, our hope, our pain, our joy. Welcome our conviction to find our role in stopping this epidemic. As we welcome, we do so together. We are not alone. given up Maybe it's time you lay it down Maybe it's not about the giving up Maybe it's all about the giving in to what to what is meant for you to what is meant for you so lean and lean and lean and oh, oh lean and lean and lean and oh, oh. 
It's so easy to think of it as giving up, yeah. But maybe it's time for you to put it down. Maybe it's not about the giving up. Maybe it's all about the giving in to what, to what is meant for you. To what is meant for you. So lean and lean and lean and oh, 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 moments where you feel backed up against the wall, say these things and do these things. Listen. Be still and be quiet. Then you take it all off. Then you'll be ready, ready, ready to lean in, whoa, whoa, oh, listen, be still, then be quiet, then you take it all off, then you'll be ready, ready, ready to lean in. Whoa. Oh, be still, then be quiet. You take it all off, so you'll be ready, 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 ready to lean in. Be still and be quiet. Take it all off so you'll be ready, ready, ready to lean in. Whoa. 
I'd like to invite us into a time of an ancient spiritual practice called Visio Divina. Visio Divina is simply Latin for divine seeing. Perhaps you've heard of Lexio Divina, which is a method of meditation with scripture. Visio Divina uses images. Visio Divina invites us to do more than simply see art. It invites us to see at a more contemplative pace. It invites us to see all there is to see, exploring the entirety of the image. It invites us to see deeply, beyond first and second impressions, below initial ideas, judgments, or understandings. It invites us not simply to see, but also to be seen, addressed, surprised, and transformed by spiritual experience. Look around you. We are surrounded by the art of Mark Rothko. Rothko told his friends that he intended this space, this chapel, to be his single most important artistic statement. He hoped that this chapel would be a destination, a place of pilgrimage. And certainly we're on a journey together today, welcoming whatever comes to us. As we experience Visio Divina in this space on this World AIDS Day, some of the concern Rothko felt for the transcendent might become known to us in new ways. At the dedication of this chapel, Dominique de Manil said, we are cluttered with images, but only abstract art can bring us to the threshold of the divine. And so find a comfortable position. If you'd like to stand, you can. There are meditation cushions. Choose a painting you wish to explore. Take your time. Let feelings and thoughts come to you as you notice colors and textures. What do you find yourself drawn to? Is there an area of the painting calling to you for more attention? What do you like? What do you not like? What are your initial thoughts? What feelings are evoked as you look at this painting? Simply notice these responses without judgment or evaluation. If you don't like the image or the feelings evoked, simply acknowledge that this is your initial response and continue to stay open to the image and the meditation. If you have an immediate idea as to what the image means, again, simply acknowledge that this is your initial response and stay open to the more as the meditation unfolds. Now briefly close your eyes. 
and open them anew to the painting. New thoughts, meanings, and feelings may arise. Initial impressions may expand and deepen. Explore more fully the meanings that come to you and the feelings associated with the image and its colors and forms. Be aware of any assumptions or expectations that you bring to the image. No matter what your response is to the image, delight, disgust, indifference, confusion, joy, ponder the reason for your various responses and what these responses might mean for you. What is being made known to you or expressed to you as you look into this painting? Become aware not simply of the feelings, thoughts, desires, and meanings evoked by the image, but also become aware of how they are directly connected to your life. just a moment more music will be played and as the music is played please take the paper and pencil you were provided and create a response perhaps it's a prayer a drawing a name whatever needs expression allow it to take shape on this paper and then as you're ready come forward and place your paper in this singing bowl after the service, I will burn our offerings as a prayer.
Regardless of, in spite of, choose love, yeah. Oh, love. Choose love, love. Regardless of, in spite of, choose love, love. We'll close our time of meditation with a moment of silence. 
I'll begin our silence by ringing the bowl three times and then end our silence by ringing it another three times. something different than what not I think most people expect look at the art look at this and I say take a moment and look at these pavement tiles and I've even suggested taking your shoes off because what I want people to focus on are the millions probably millions literally millions of pairs of feet or the wheelchairs or the walkers or however people got in here that have traversed this these tiles <clears throat> much like Day, I never, I always wonder what hopes, concerns, fears, scares people bring in here that have walked these tiles like we are today, but at the same time, what do they take when they leave here? And for those that are new to the chapel, um, some of you may not know that the broken obelisk, the other part of the art here on the Roswell campus, uh, was built by Arnett Newman, another modern art contemporary of Mark Rothschild. Um, if you look on the corner, right as you come out, on the, there's a little plaque dedicated to the life and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King. And that's very intentional, and it makes a kind of very nice synergy between this contemplative space here, where people are invited to speak in the first person, invited to be uh, lift up whatever they feel unfettered, aspirations, dreams, as we've done today, <clears throat> but that as the chapel is open every day of the year, exactly what you said today, that call to service, to justice, to equity, that march and walk is every day of the year, right? It's every single day. And my closing part is just simply to say, again, thank you all for taking the time to be here together in community. Mindful that as we leave this place, that we're really invited, if not called, continue to be those justice keepers and peacemakers. So I thank you all for that. I want to thank again for finding your voices and sharing them this morning, colds and everything. I don't think there's anything like that too, right, Daniel? Um, but that chance to connect with spirit, uh, to, to folks that are here in 
our world today. And I think what you said this morning, uh, Benita, that we're all part of that. Lord, you lifted up. We're all part of a community together. And it's together we do what we do. I want to also invite you back here. We have a lot of programs we do. Next week will be very interesting. We have them in the back of your program. But I think another way to experience the Robco Chapel, you have to come back over and over again. Uh, and uh, is two very interesting things. We have uh, meditation on next Wednesday at noon. We do monthly meditations every Wednesday at noon, really to lift up different traditions and spiritual practices. Another way to get to know our own community. But this is interesting because it's going to be led by Episcopal <coughs> Bishop. Uh, uh, he's going to introduce us to Posada, the, the very traditional part of the uh, Latino community and, and that journey of uh, Jesus, our Joseph and Mary as they're walking through the world trying to find hospitality and welcome. And then on Thursday night, uh, part of a series we started last year called Concept of the Divine, where we just invited people to come and share their idea, their, their walk with, their struggle with the, the concept of the divine. Very open question. We have a Navajo um, uh, educator, community leader by the name of Suzanne Benali, who will be here to share her perspectives and experiences of Navajo perspective on life, the reverence for life. So that'll be in the evening. So it'll be another way to experience the chapel. So the chapel's open. You're welcome to stay if you want to sit a little bit longer. I think we should have coffee out on the plaza. Come and enjoy. And uh, thank you all for being here. see you through, yeah, I 
Okay. 